Thank you for joining us for this episode. The Inner Conversation is brought to you by the Living Word of Christ Ministries. Our mission is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can watch service live at 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. Or if you miss service, you can catch what you missed on our YouTube channel. We hope you enjoy. Oh, um, you know, um, the difference between the spirit and the law, okay, the letter. So he's saying one is life, one kills. And he's saying one unto condemnation, the other unto righteousness. One is passing and the other one will remain. So that's kind of like the first part um, of the chapter, what he's talking about. But I'm going to go straight into verse 12. So in verse 12, it says, furthermore, when I came to, no, wrong chapter, sorry. Um, chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Okay, well, that's pretty bold. Because he's talking about these people who obviously, you know, Moses was like everything and Christ was nothing to them. Right. And so he's talking about he's referencing to Exodus chapter 34. So if you remember when God was going up to Mount Sinai, um, his face would shine. So when he was talking to the people, um, his face was shining. And at first they were kind of like, uh, we don't want to go near him. You know, it would kind of freak him out, but then he called them to himself and he would talk to them. So when he talked to them, he put a veil on his face. But when he went into the presence of God, when he would go back up to talk to God, he would take the veil off. Think about that. Think about that. So what does it mean? Because if you think about it, it was literal, right? It was literal. So here, Moses, when he was talking to the people, he had to literally cover his face. So you're covering your face. What's a veil? A veil is a hindrance, an obstruction in doing something. It's a badge of slavery. So for Moses and them, it was something literal. He had an obstruction over his face so that the light couldn't shine out. But for us, it's totally different. It's a spiritual thing. You have to really let this sink in. Because a lot of times as Christians, we put a veil back on and we don't even realize it. These people, they could not see what they knew was already changing. See, Christ had already came. Christ had already finished and completed the law. So when he was talking, he was talking to people who could not see that what they once knew was no more. Christ brought in the new covenant. Yet, they were still stuck on the old. They still wanted the old. So if we have a veil on, then that means we are still hindered by something. Are we still holding on to something that is obstructing us? Are we still holding on to something and we cannot see the light? 
We're too afraid to come to the light. We're too afraid to see the light. What was has been completed. It's done. It's passed away. It's done away with. Their understanding and their perception was hardened and indifferent. They could not even discern they had a hindrance or an obstruction. Remember Jesus? Like, remove the plank from your own eye before you try to take the speck out of your brother's, right? It's kind of like it's coming up again. They were literally stuck on Chuck. <laughs> they were. They were stuck in the law and its legal ordinances. Why? Because this is something you can control. Think about it. They knew how to live out the law. Wash your hands. Don't touch this. Don't touch that. That's forbidden. This is not. You can control that. In the flesh, you're able to control it and you're able to make yourself feel righteous because you yourself are the one doing this work. And we can get like that too. They were stuck on the law and its legal ordinances that when the true light, when Christ showed up, they could not stand it or be near it. Like Moses, the, the veil had to come on. But when he came before the Lord, it was off. There was no hindrance in the presence of God. There was no hindrance. Moses was able to remove the veil because there was no hindrance. But sometimes we ourselves can get stuck in a bondage mentality. Israel, when they came out of slavery, oh, it was better where I was. Uh, really? Weren't you crying, save us, save us? You get saved and it was better? Like they forgot about all the cries. You know, it's like a mama when she's delivering a baby. Oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. I'm dying. But then like, I don't know, months later or a year later, oh, I want another one. You know, we forget. We forget the pain. Do we have a, a veil or a hindrance? Do we have an, an obstruction? Have we become hardened to his will and to his purpose? See, there's a purpose of we're called to reach and teach, right? That's, that's what um, Christ told all his disciples. You need to go and preach and teach. And, you know, so that we all have. But then individually, he created us with a purpose. Individually, we have giftings. Individually, we have talents. Individually, we have something to contribute to the kingdom of God besides teaching and preaching. And I'm not talking about preaching behind the pulpit. I'm talking about giving people the gospel. Have we become hardened to his will? Are we saying, yes, Lord, let your will be done? Or am I fighting his will? Am I not understanding it? Is my perception indifferent to him? Has my perception of him become hardened? Am I not able to discern when he wants to do something in my life anymore? Can we discern this? Or have we become stuck in the rituals of Christianity? 
Have we become stuck on, I come to church, I do a little serving, I do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and I'm good. Have we become this way? But God, don't ask me to do anything else. Don't ask me to get deeper into your will. Don't ask me to get deeper into your purpose. Don't talk to me about my call. Don't talk to me about my call, Lord. It's good enough that I come to church. It's good enough that I do this and I do that. It's good enough that I bless a brother or a sister. Is that in your flesh or is that of the spirit? Are you doing it because you know that's what you should be doing? But are you doing it out of the heart? Are you doing it out of love? Are you doing because the spirit of God is stirring you up? There's a difference. The spirit versus the law. The law we can control. The law we take credit for. I did this. I did that. The spirit, there is no controlling it. It's what he wants and that's it. There's no negotiations. Have you ever tried to negotiate with God? I have. Let me know if you've won that battle because I'm still losing. There's been times in my life where I've gotten weary. I've gotten tired and I've become tired of his will. But yet, give me enough time. I'm crying back to Lord. Let me just do your will. Why? Because it's my substance. It's my food. What else will I be doing if it's not this? What else will I be doing? Yeah, I could have a good job. I've been offered great positions. Had to turn them down. Why? Because my food is to do the will of the Father. Have we gotten there, family? Have we gotten there? Have you allowed God's will and purpose to become part of you? Or are you still in the negotiation process? Are you still trying to say like, hey, I didn't apply. <laughs> I was talking to my daughter this morning. Hey, I didn't ask for this. I didn't say like, me, 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 here I am. I ran. It chased me down, knocked me down, and here I am. <laughs> here I am. But you know what? Through all that process, I've come to fall in love with his will. I've come to accept his will. And that also gives me strength to go on when I don't think I can. That gives me the strength to get up when I'm tired, when I'm weak. I was sitting there watching a show before we came, and I'm like, man, I'm tired. Do I want to get up? As soon as you get here, this energy comes over you. How does that happen? I'm in his will. I'm in his purpose. Have we discovered, have we come to the understanding that Christ has removed our hindrances? Have we truly, truly let that sink in? Or are we still with the veil, trying to read the word of God, trying to speak to people about God with the veil on? With the veil on. Christ removed your veil. You are not hindered anymore. Now we let the hindrances get us. You know, we do. We let it get the best of us. 
But we need to understand that if we are truly in the presence of God, if we abide in him, that means he lives in us. He is our home. And if that's true, then we no longer have to go up to Mount Sinai to find him. He is within me. And if he's within me, then I can live in his presence. And if I live in his presence, there is no veil. There is no obstruction. And I can live it like this. I can live day in and day out. You know that even when we're going through a very hard trial, I can still live without the obstruction. I don't have to let that get the best of me. I don't have to allow it to take me down. I don't have to allow it to take my peace, to take my joy. I don't have to allow it to keep me away from my God. I don't want anything between me and him. I've lived that. I've lived it. I don't like it. I don't want it. Going on in verse 14, I think. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remained unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. This is talking about somebody who's been converted. Somebody who has been truly converted to the service and worship of God. It's an action, right? So the action that God gave us, so it's like a, an action on both ends. Christ came, he redeemed us, he gave us the power of regeneration, and it's our faith in response, okay? This is what gives us the ability of repentance. You know, like, have you ever done anything and people ask you, and you say you're sorry, and people ask you, well, are you sorry, or are you sorry you got caught? You know what I mean? True conversion brings you to a repentance, a true repentance, where you've come to the understanding, I need Christ, and without Christ, I am nothing. I don't want to live the way I was. I don't want to be who I was. True repentance Gives you the ability in faith to become regenerated through the power of God. That's what he gives us. So spiritually, when you came to that place of true repentance, you literally felt stuff fall off. I know I did. I felt some heavy stuff. I had never felt so free. I had never felt so free. And even now, when I feel myself getting weary, when I feel myself getting heavy, I start seeking, God, remove this. You got to remove this because I don't like it. And he takes the veil off. And I feel free again. I feel peace again. I feel light again. And I feel like, man, Lord, it's a joy to serve you. It's an honor to serve you. What was, what was I tripping on? You know, I'm the one that started putting on those heavy things. It wasn't even anything else. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Holy Spirit is, 
it won't be about rituals. It's not going to be about rituals. It's not going to be about religious regulations. But it's going to be an inward freedom. This freedom, it comes from within through Christ. We no longer feel bondage. We no longer feel guilt or fear or condemnation. Those things oppress the soul. Have you ever lived with something that you regretted and you were never able to forgive yourself for it? And you feel so condemned. You feel so much guilt. You feel so much shame. And no matter how much, how many times people can say, Hey, you're forgiven. Hey, I forgive you. You still can't remove it. Guess what? God can. God can. He has given you a freedom to no longer feel in bondage. Christ delivered us and he is the source of our freedom. But do we go to Christ for this freedom? Have we really felt this freedom? And if we have, have we lost it? Have we lost the freedom that is in Christ? Now, don't get me wrong. This liberty is not to please our flesh and it's not um, a reason to disobey God's word. That, that's not freedom. <laughs> That's putting us back in bondage, okay? That's putting us back into sin. But instead, you feel the power of God deliver us from sin and all its effects. You now have the power and the ability through the Spirit of God to no longer be in the bondage. And if you've left that life behind you, have you gotten the mentality of freedom? Do you understand the freedom mentality? Israel could never get it. Israel was just hardened. Is our mind hardened? Yes, I know I'm not supposed to do that, so I'm not doing it. But in my mind, I'm still stuck. In my mind, I can't get past it. In my mind, I say, Lord, I think you've forgiven me. I think you have forgiven me. But I haven't experienced your true forgiveness. I haven't experienced your true grace. I haven't experienced regeneration. I haven't experienced conversion. Conversion means transformation. Transformation. Look, this isn't something you can do or I can do. This is by faith, receiving and accepting what Christ already has done. God has given you the liberty, but yet we walk around defeated. We walk around beat up, beat down. Nothing is going right. God, what you told me to do, it's not working out. Well, are we doing it in the spirit and in the power of God? Or are we still doing it as this is a ritual? This is a ritual. Do you realize we can convert God's purpose in our life into a ritual? We can convert it into a ritual. No heart in it. No desire for it. It's just, I know this is what I have to do. So I'm going to appease you, God, but I'm not trying to please you. 
There is no liberty in that. The only way to experience liberty is to come to the understanding it's within here. It starts within you. It starts through your conversion. It starts through your repentance. It starts with really letting that veil fall off. Take it off. Burn it up. Do what you got to do. Verse 18. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as the spirit of the Lord. With unveiled face beholding and as in a mirror. So in other words he's saying we are looking into the Lord. That's what we're doing when we're looking in the mirror. We're looking into the Lord and all the benefits that we have in his gospel, both temporary and eternal. See, when we are beholding, when we are looking into the Lord, we are looking at his word. We are consuming his word. I'm not reading his word just to say I read the Bible. You can read this whole entire Bible, but if you didn't apply any of it, what's the point? What's the point? Get his word, consume it, take it for yourself. Believe every word for yourself. God did not overlook you. God reached you where you were. Look at your life now and compare to where you were. Could you have done that? Could you have taken yourself out of that bondage? Could you have taken yourself out of your mess? No, if we did, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be here. (laughs) That's for sure. We wouldn't be here. But all the benefits that Christ promises us, everything that he gives us. What do you see when you look in the mirror? And that's a question a lot of times I, I ask myself, what do I see? What do we see when we look in the mirror? Do you see your mess, your failures, your shortcomings, your unworthiness, your ugliness, your despairs, everything that's wrong or going wrong or has gone wrong? When we look in the mirror, is that what we see? Because if we see any of these things, then we're looking into the wrong mirror. We're looking into the mirror of self. We're not looking into Christ. We're not looking at his reflection. We're not looking at Christ. I'm looking at me. I'm looking at what I can't do. I'm looking at what I have done. I'm looking at where I want to be. But I'm not looking at Christ. I'm not looking at what he's done. Every day we're being transformed more and more into his likeness. So when we are looking into this mirror, we are looking at the man in the mirror. The man in the mirror is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Are you looking more and more like him? Or are you still looking like your same old, same old? Are you still looking like you did a year ago? Hey, if you look at our physical being, Every year you notice something different about you, right? And the older you get, the more you notice. But when I'm looking at Christ, I'm not worried about that stuff. 
I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about, do I have his character? I'm worried about, Lord, did I do what you wanted me to do today? Did I accomplish something today? Even if it means taking care of my house. And not living with all the excuses of why I can't do what you want me to do. Hey, we do that. We have a million excuses as to why we can't do what we're supposed to be doing. But when I'm looking in the mirror every day, that means when I'm looking into Christ, I have no excuse. I have no excuse. Because that excuse is coming back at me. It's coming back at me. How do we expect to change if we're looking at ourselves and not Christ? How do we expect to change? We can't change if we keep looking at ourselves. We can't. That's why we need him. This is only going to take place if we're in unity with Christ. Unity with Christ. You have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Believe me, his spirit is going to help us. He has given us the power to do what the Lord wants us to do. We need to stop getting stuck on the rituals, the regulations, the church rules, the church this, the church that. Well, this is my position, so I know I'm supposed to do this. Well, this is what I had dreamed, so this is what I'm supposed to do. No, 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 no. Do what God wants you to do today. Don't do something because of that vision. Don't do something because of this or because of that. Do it because it's in your heart to do. And when it's in your heart to do, you're going to see the effects of it. You're going to see the spirit of God come upon it and empower you to do it because now you have a desire. He has given us the ability to look like him. You know that? I know that sounds hard. That sounds hard to believe at moments. But in reality, when we truly depend and rely on him, and when we have this unity with him, it's actually harder when we do it in our flesh. And we feel it. We feel it in our body because we feel the stress in our body. We feel it. If we have come to truly know God, then take off the veil and let the transformation happen. Whatever that veil is for you, you got to search your own heart. You got to search your own mind. Search your heart. Let God show you. Look into the mirror. Look at the man in the mirror. Who do you see when you look into that mirror? Who do you see? Live by faith and believe in the freedom he has given you. Believe it. We can't walk around saying that Christ has given me freedom. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Yet walking with bondage mentality. It contradicts. It contradicts. Let who you see in the mirror no longer be you but Christ. Let, um, how do you say, throw rocks at that other mirror. I don't know. Do what you got to do. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Become his reflection. You want to fulfill the lifetime. 
You want to see people come to Christ through your life. Become his reflection. The only way we're going to do this is if we allow him to transform us. If we allow his spirit to be within us. And if we have true unity with him. Amen. Mighty God, we just, we need you, Lord. All right, guys. So that'll be it for this episode. We honestly just want to thank everybody for your support. If you or someone you know is looking for a church, our doors are still open. And you can watch on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, weekly on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You can watch any service, including the Women's Conference, on our YouTube channel, The Living Word of Christ Ministries. For directions, we are located at 1107 Alta Drive, Biggersfoot, California, 93305. We will see you on the next episode, and God bless you.